The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Final Fed decision of the year. Futures holding on to gains as we get more signals about disinflation today from PPI, a goose egg, oil below 68, rent. 10-year yields about 416. Our roadmap this morning begins with inflation and Fed expectations. Investors await today's rate decision as stock records continue to pile up. Plus, shares of Pfizer are sinking. That ahead of the open on week 2024 revenue and profit forecasts. And Tesla has some autopilot concerns. The automaker is issuing a recall of sorts for nearly all of its vehicles sold in the U.S. Well, you just, you we'll, just called it a recall. We'll explain. Well, that's the word that's been used, but it's not really, right? Because it's a software yeah. upgrade, isn't it? It's an iOS 17 I got in the middle of the night. A couple, a couple million vehicles. Uh, we'll begin with the market rally heading into today's Fed decision. Uh, Jim, PPI, encouraging, lowest year on year since June. Yeah, look, I, I mean, these numbers are all going the right way. I, I, I still think that uh, they're going the right way, so why not have them continue to grow the right way? Uh, you just don't know what's possible in terms of what could come back. So why let it bite you, given the fact that unemployment is still under four? David, as long as unemployment is under four, I don't think there's any reason to let up on the fight. Okay. Uh, it, especially because you, there are some like existential issues of how much, how much debt, uh, what could happen in terms of if there's more spending in Washington. I mean, I know these things are, seem small, but they all add up. No, they don't seem small, Jim, and we we have discussed them. We sort of do, and then we kind of go for a while, and then we do again. Every time there's an auction now, we're gonna right. we're gonna focus on it more. We look at the maturity schedules in terms of what Treasury's planning. So it's it's not an insignificant factor, the amount of issuance that has to take place, both for refinancing purposes and for for funding these deficits right. that we're running, is important. And of course, you know the the. The words of Gunlock a, a, a while back when he was with Wapmer talking about $2 trillion in interest costs if rates were to stay where they were over right. the next five years in terms of what gets refinanced, that gets your attention. Yes, it does. Uh, it does. Uh, there's an amazing document from Fred Smith. I don't know if you guys know Fred. He built FedEx. Uh, and uh, he did this Coolidge speech, which is making the rounds and is so informative, talking about the huge amount of it debt that the government has taken on just in the last few years. It's going for a debt freeze. But when I read these things, I say, you know what, look, we're, we, we have to be worried about inflation still. And, and the money coming from the government, Carl, is still gigantic. Uh, and I think potentially very inflationary for 2024. Uh, this, this was the subject of a B of A note yesterday uh, entitled, in part, Fed can't touch this looking at areas of the economy that rates really have no power over. One is the amazing amount of home equity and liquid assets that right. the American household has, but government spending, Jim, is, in their view, going to keep rates higher over the long term. I'm with that. Uh, look, I, I, I know Fred from way back, and I don't want to just say, well, listen, I read this one guy, and I feel this way, but I mean, it, it kind of it 
jives with what I've been thinking, which is that we own a bunch of stocks for uh, for my travel trust that are based on largesse of the government in 2024. And, and you know, that's just going to that, that's just a major cause of inflation. And Fred talks about how the only way, reason we get away with it is that we have a strong dollar so you can refinance things. But if I'm pal, I'm going to say, look, there's nothing I can do. I've got all this money coming. I've got to wait a little bit. Let's see what happens. It's not like anyone is calling for a freeze, David. You're not getting anything from Washington which says, you know what, we're done spending. It's kind of the opposite. No. I mean, the Biden administration will say they've got certain plans in place that will ultimately, you know, reduce the deficit over over the next five, ten years. Let's not forget it's been both. It's been doesn't matter party wise. Everybody's right. added to it. Right. I mean, Trump. Well, Trump it, was like six, seven trillion that was added. Seven trillion. Yeah. It's seven trillion. Yeah. And and that's disconcerting. I I also think look, like, you've got auto, you've got home, you've got food. I mean, these are things, you know, you got gasoline going your way, but gasoline could switch. I mean, maybe oil bottoms at 68. I mean, the best chartist I know called the top in oils now saying this is the bottom in oils, Carly Garner. And so I don't know. I, I think it's no time to be sanguine. These numbers are going his way. But how many months are they? You know, you've, you could argue that they've been good for six months, but you can't argue that they're this low for six months. So uh, I, if I were, uh, Jay, there's no need to. So what's going to happen at the press conference today, Jim? Well, I think he's going to say that I have to be the data, I have to be data dependent, and therefore I have to wait and to see how the data goes. Nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, the, all these people who say they want to cut, they're very Wall Street cut. They're looking at on high. And, you know, there's Jay saying, look, I got a chance maybe to drive the price of a home down, keeping mortgage rates higher than they are. Maybe the home, maybe the home builders will have to cut price or let's wait until the rents, all these rental apartments come on. I mean, playing for time is not a bad thing. And I honestly, the one I don't get, I mean, I was with someone, uh, you know, I mentioned the other day, I was with someone who, who is a huge seller of used cars. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are not a lot of used cars around, and you're paying a lot for them in interest. 30%. This guy was charging 30% interest. I said, you know, like... It seems like usury. I said, there's some laws 30% that? interest, I'll have my bond. But, you know, that's from Shylock. I was gonna. I was gonna. That's exactly where I was going. Right. Was a, Merchant with some Shylock. Right. Yes. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And he said, No, that's what. That's what you have to pay. So I mean, we've got to let let this kind of percolate through. Autos have to come down in price. Uh, homes have to come down in price. And someone could say, Well, listen, they're never going to come down in price. I'm not buying that at all. Uh, they can come down. Yeah, we do. Got we got an upgrade of uh, Horton today. Uh, KBH sees. Pretty flat housing market next year, but the builders are going to gain some share. Margins will be okay. Well, I mean, again, we've got this problem, I know, with the low mortgages, and so therefore there's no secondary market. People aren't selling. Look, everything is cured by lower price, and you're going to have a lower price because people are not going to be able to afford these homes, and someone's going to cut price. It has, it, it's been very minor uh, price cutting. I think that if you keep rates higher, then there's going to be more price cutting, and then, then Powell... It can at least fulfill that, which is making it so that there's a little more American dream. I just think that there's, other than pressure from, you know, strategists who say they got to do it in the second half, they're all just playing this parlor game. These people have been wrong almost all. I mean, remember the inverted, remember the inverted yield curve of the recession? Yes. But course. that was completely, it's the same people now it? making these calls. They're all like, right, so. but they like wake up and say, I got to make this call. Like, why don't you just wait? All I know is futures look up. 
Could be a nice day. Dude, this is well, the best are... best performance between Fed meetings since 2009. Well, I think yeah. there's a rally to your end. I mean, we're there's look, there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of time left between now and your end. Well, I mean, either. look at this. Top pick, top pick, top oh, yeah, pick. Yeah. Oh, top pick. Oh, J and J downgrade. Oh, top pick, top pick. No. Here is a Our, this is a sheaf of top picks. Is that uh, all you? Yeah. L L H L three Harris was another Google, one. Oh, dude, yeah. Clorox, Humanis, yeah. G, top, Amazon, Clorox, Uber, oh, yeah, Google, yeah, ATT, top. Hello, <laughs> Ulta. Ulta's a top pick. You know, oh, right about course. that? Why would Disney it be? top pick? I mean, Somebody. topic top. We talk Clorox topic. top pick. I mean, in that environment, you come in and you got a lot of top picking. You know, and it's you just kind of feel like, wow, that's a lot of. Things I gotta buy other than Church and Dwight. <laughs> not a lot of um, back. not a lot of Pfizer top picks uh, for 24 down wow. in the pre market. The drug maker does issue some 24 guidance below forecast amid the slowdown in demand for its COVID related products. Company does say revenue forecast includes that expected contribution from the acquisition of Seagen, uh, Jim. But man, EPS 205 to 225 streets 321. Yeah, look, the analysts are blaming it on Paxlovid. They're trying to get a rationalization C-Gen. No, no, you have to understand. Pfizer has made, I had, this, I had Dr. Borla on. Pfizer has made a series of acquisitions, and their performance in the acquisitions is quite poor. For instance, I have here Nurtech, okay? This is something when I have a migraine or think I'm going to get one, it dissolves in my mouth in three minutes, and in 15 minutes, I have no migraine. I'm the, I was the head of, head of America, you know, the chief I'm aware. Of, we're all aware. Yes. Well, I'm with that. Yes, okay, course. but listen yes. to this. That's not the point of the story. Okay, what is? Okay, in the last full year before, uh, before Dr. Borla spent uh, $11.6 billion to acquire Biohaven, which yep. was this, uh, it did nearly $500 million in sales, $462 million. In the report this morning, they reported $646 million once they bought it year to date. They had a projection of $861 million. It, it, it was... But when he bought it, he said he was going to do a billion. I mean, in one year, he was already short $140 million. Now, I said this was execution. This thing should be flying. I mean, it got approval to be able to have, so if you wanted to do it there before. Are other, there are other migraine drugs. There's a new class of drugs uh, I'm, that I'm are incredibly it. effective. Yeah. And, and life-changing for some people, frankly. Well, so there's it's not the, like there there's a There's the shot I take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I take Amavig. But I'm just saying that his, his projections, the projections that, this, that he put to the street, those are like a fortune, David. Give them back to me. Um, but the projection, when you buy something for $11.8 billion and you miss the numbers, this is my point. You miss the numbers immediately. It's expired. 1022. <laughs> <laughs> you use it or lose yeah, it, Jerry. There goes that. I mean, stock's gone from 52 to 26 uh, in about 12 months. Well, I mean, what was the... I remember Frank D'Amelio. He was the, the old CFO. Uh, of he course was, I do. I remember a long line of CEOs as well. well but Hank he, McKinnell, remember that? Sure, but he told me, listen, yeah. we've got a really bad uh, loss of exclusivity, yeah. period, a giant cliff, and we're going to make it up with a series of acquisitions, and we'll use the money from COVID. Well, they he used the money in from COVID to buy, to buy a, a series of companies, CGen obviously being uh, the largest of them, but there were, there were other right. acquisitions as and, well. And I didn't think that the execution is all that great. Well, you're on Biohaven, you're questioning the well, execution. I just think given the projections and what the actual numbers are. It's a good point, Jim, and I'm glad you raised it. Uh, we've seen other companies buy things too richly and then sell them or not generate the cash flow necessary and take on debt in order to do so. Uh, you know the company I'm thinking of. 
and it went on, and you can only do that for so oh, long. That, that would be GE. That's, um, that's a tough compare. The old GE. Well, listen, by the way, when it right. comes to compare, I pointed this out. It's 23 years of nothing here for, for Pfizer in terms right. of shareholder value. There's, they pay a dividend. They paid a dividend. So, uh, you know, but there's 25 years, all right? That's right. not that, Was good. that wealth destruction? That is but isn't, isn't not the, isn't good. The lesson about sort of thematic discipline when you're Lily, you stick with diabetes and you just hammer away at it for 30 years without yeah. getting I mean, I, I, distracted? Listen, or but Did you hear me, Ken Langone this morning, guys? Me. I thought on Squawk Box, Langone was particularly or articulate Lily? on both succession and the importance of succession, picking the right person, how, how critical that is. And really, I've always said it's the number one job of a board of directors. And then he's been in Lily forever. And by the way, the stock did not do a lot for a period of time, and then it exploded. But take a listen to Langone on Lilly, why he thinks it's going a lot higher. Yeah. I think Lilly will be the first trillion-dollar drug company in history. Why? The pipeline. And God bless John Lechleiter. In the dark years when they were, everything was falling off the cliff, he was firm in his commitment to spending the money on R&D and... and protecting the dividend. John put the horses in place, and they got a team out there with David Ricks and, and, and uh, Dan Skabronsky, who runs research, and I guess he's got all strategy now. It's all about the people. I don't know, I don't know how you address Pfizer's problems now, because it's, it's, it's huge, it's spread right. out. You guys know Anat Ashkenazi? She's the CFO. Her level of discipline, I find to be, uh, as great as I've ever seen. You're talking about Lily. Lily. Yeah. yeah. We have a CFO council, and I manage, I always say, listen, could you put me next to her? Because she's so brilliant, and they're so exacting. They have spent fortunes on things. The money they're spending, by the way, on their dementia drug right. is going to pay off big, I think. And from, by the way, he pointed out from 2002 to 2018, practically stocked did virtually nothing. Then which, it is when, which is when you have to defend yourself from activists and right. others where the pipeline it's might true. get thin at times. It's true. Yeah, and look, I, I, I think that, remember, Novo Nordisk was first. You can say, well, listen, I didn't want to beat it. But he's put up, uh, he's spending a great deal of money. I, we had Jacobs on, and Jacobs builds his facilities. Huge facilities coming on in Europe. North Carolina can't build them fast enough. It's a capacity issue for, uh, for his uh, diet and, and for uh, diabetes drugs. And they just had a commitment to this so early. They spent a fortune, by the way, on, on a, a lot of different franchises that, that haven't paid off. Right. But that's what happens. What will you do if you're Pfizer now, though? What do you do? What do you do? You keep plowing ahead? Is it what's the is it oncology? What's next the answer? year is going to be the year of some consolidation? Well, yeah. look, I think that the cancers that I remember going over was CJ and the cancers. My mom died of kidney cancer when she was very young. And I was going over the cans, what they have, and they've got some stuff for kidney, but they, they have some really uh, terrific combinations for some cancers that, frankly, are fatal that could be made into maintenance. So I would plow the money into the Biohaven because that migraine drug could be, we thought it was going to be a $2 billion drug when we were analyzing it for the foundation. And I think, when I was analyzing it, and when uh, this I, I, I think the CGen is is monster. I mean, I, I, when, when it was Seattle Genetics, I went out there to see him. I thought it was so good, and because they're addressing cancers that everyone thinks are just death sentences, and they have something. Right. So I would, if I were Dr. Borle, I'd say, okay, listen, let's just 
It's not a Hail Mary by yep. any means. Yep. Let's just throw a long ball to CJ. That's what I do. All right. Can you get boys out? See what they have to say. The, the, uh, it's not on the ground there. I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I want you to step I on it. I think 2022, October 22, it's okay. It's only a year. <laughs> they, give, they give you a little cushion, don't what they? What year is it? It's 23 June. It's almost 2024. Okay. All right, it's good it. that you haven't needed it. How about well, that? Well, I, I didn't take it this morning. Okay. <laughs> well, you took a lot of other things. <laughs> not that. Indeed. <laughs> When we come back, uh, triple whammy for Elon Musk. Uh, Tesla recalls those uh, autos, braces for the loss of some consumer tax credits, uh, denial of a SpaceX subsidy. We'll get to all of that. Uh, To Jim's point earlier, a bunch of calls today on uh, some picks for 24. Also uh, calls on Hertz, Target, J&J, Ferrari. As futures hang in there ahead of the Fed decision, don't go anywhere. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Tesla recalling nearly all models sold in the United States, more than two million vehicles. The move follows a two-year investigation into crashes connected to its autopilot assistance technology. NHTSA says Tesla's autopilot system may not have been sufficient to have controls in place to prevent driver misuse. There's been a bunch of attempts, Jim, to quantify uh, the number of crashes involving autopilot since 2015. Somewhere in the range of nine deaths, 11 crashes. That's just in this country. We just had one Virginia Sheriff's Office says Tesla was running on autopilot moments before tractor-trailer crash. This is a story uh, from yesterday. So, I mean, I do, I do think it's, it's uh, pertinent. But, David, I, I, what, the way that the description of the remedy, the 573 safety recall report, it's a recall, right. but it reads very much like when you get an Apple uh, note saying that tonight you're going to get new software. And, and so I'm not saying that that it's not related to the deaths. I am saying that there is a notion that this is a great car company that's trying to get things to be better than it, they are. And I, I'm going to give him that because I know that that's from your interview, something he would do. Yeah. Full self-driving continues to be the goal. They're getting close, but I don't believe they are officially there yet. Jim. Yeah, Ford thinks that the silver bullet is the hands-free, not beyond that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like that that approach, but I'm not going to say that if Musk thinks that something can be solved, I'm not going to say it can't be solved. I mean, that's silly. 
Uh, but it is classified as a recall, even though it doesn't mean bringing your car to the dealer, so to speak. Right. Well, at no cost to customers, effective vehicles receive an over-the-air software remedy, which is expected to begin to to deploying to certain effective vehicles on shortly December 12th, software version, new one. As you say, the same way that Apple, by the way, is going to have to, apparently. The interesting stories from the journal, but Apple's going to have to update their own security even though it's the most secure because people just steal passcodes now at bars. Did you read about that? I did not know oh, that. Oh, yeah. And then you can get in and then you get everything. Any particular bars? I don't know. I mean, I, I had don't... a Mexican bar. Is that I like, know. Is that, is just that a target bar? Don't share your phone. Don't, you know, don't. Like, be careful. Just be well, careful. anyway, I just think it reads a little different from just a pure recall. Let's point that out. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. Talk about the loss of some of these credits as well. Got some uh, new yeah. EV growth estimates from Morgan Stanley today. Pretty interesting. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Uh, futures look fairly positive in the wake of some of that cool inflation data this morning. Of course, Fed decision coming up in just uh, about four or five hours. Don't go anywhere. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. That's the new introduction. Yeah. All right. To the good stuff. To the mad dash. I like you walking by the bowl. Like that. Yeah, I think it's good. I can't find the bear. I was going to walk around the bear, but it's been seven straight up weeks in the S&P. So a bear must be extinct. What, what, I don't you're going to do J&J. You know why I want to do this? Why? Because I think we're really hard on Pfizer. Okay. Hard on Dr. Borlet. We forget the drug companies, have, they struggle. And J&J has a drug, Stellara, which is their big drug. And that's got a loss of exclusivity coming in. Wells Fargo today downgrades J&J, saying they really don't have enough to replace Stellara. And they think their MedTech growth targets appear optimistic. They only at the very end, in a downside scenario, do they mention the uh, the possibility of setback in talc. But this is just kind of a tough business. And if you're J&J, and I think you're sitting there, and you're thinking, wow, I mean, we've got a lot of money. We're doing everything right. But we do have drugs that come off patent. Yeah. And that's just the clock ticking. Yeah. So and I don't think anyone questions that J&J is not investing. But no, they're not. I mean, I know, but I don't know. There's some people. I mean, look at. I'm looking at the longer term. Let's go 10 years on J and J. It's not bad. It's nothing compared to Pfizer. It, it, it peaked when they lost uh, some tap decisions. You know, AbbVie's got something coming off patent, but they've been incredibly busy. And by the way, that stock, to be fair, has done very, very well. Well, it's got a big dividend. Everyone thought the dividend would have to be cut. Uh, no, they made some acquisitions. Yeah. By the way, they have a rival migraine drug. Remember, they, the they made back-to-back weekly acquisitions there, right. almost roughly the same size. One was 10, one was 8. But I just think that, you know, let's, let's yeah. understand, understand that Dr. Borla isn't the only one that has a problem with a drug coming off patent. The industry itself has, has these things that let, I mean, you know, if you're Hershey, you're not sitting there and saying, you know, I had 17 years and then i got to give away these chocolate bars. So let's understand the industry itself. Not such an easy industry. Let's get this session underway. Get the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, it's the Explorers Club supporting scientific expeditions. And at the NASDAQ, ECD Auto Design celebrating a listing via SPAC. At 4650, Jim, 
Just about 50 points from Goldman's target for the end of next year. Well, I, look, I think that we haven't heard from some uh, of the more bearish strategists. They like to have a damn week to talk and they haven't had a chance. Uh, but this is an extraordinary time, I think, because historically, right when you think that the Fed's going to pivot from raise to no raise, it's been a great time. Just a great time. You're anticipating. No one's saying that the economy is weak, and that's why they're cutting. So it's just kind of a, it has historically been a halcyon moment, and it's playing out as a halcyon moment. And I think there are a lot of people who fought it because they just figured we're going to be in a recession or stocks are too high, and it's just not not playing out that way. And it's not just Magnificent 7. It's pointing out there was a very good upgrade of the rails today. We're seeing a lot of uh, belief that the, uh, the pure industrials are going to do well. I just think the banks are coming back. So there's a lot of things that are working. And I don't want to tell people, well, that's all going to reverse itself, because that seems fanciful. Uh, just about every sector uh, is overbought on a short-term basis, True. except for energy, which is oversold. Oh, my energy is just a disaster, because let's look at natural gas. I mean, almost no one can make money at natural gas to and change. Uh, we are exporting so much oil. And a lot of people felt that nobody could touch the Saudis in terms of being at the fulcrum, David, or the price. Now it's us. And if we, like, you know, we have, we're not even spinning the ring count. We're just getting so much from each one. Well, we've crushed the price here. Right. We've crushed it. This is all good for the consumer. As we head into the home heating season, it's good for that too. Well, remember Natural that gas the being home heating is. Is, is, is better than gasoline when it comes to what for consumers say. Yeah. And we have more natural gas than anyone in the world, and we don't know what to do with it. We can't ship it up north because of Pipeline people fighting pipelines. Well, we do know what to do with it. We have huge export terminals. If we they figure more. out what to do they with do it. They do only five, six billion. By the way, we, you, you have other parts of the world that no longer get Russian gas, as you know. So right. we've had to figure that out. David, there's something that has to happen, though. What? It has to get cold. It, it wasn't cold in Europe. It's got to get cold. It's thankfully so, through. because last winter, there was a potential crisis looming right. if Not it did year. get particularly cold. We'll ship them all they want. What have they done to replace all that Russian gas in places they like are, Germany? They have, they have ours. They have floating ships that have all the natural gas they need. And look, you I mean, something happened with natural gas in our country. It just turned out to be we had a lot more. I remember going to, with, with late Aubrey McClendon to Ohio. Aubrey was a great gunslinger at Chesapeake. And we, we went to Ohio, and he said, you are going to see oil from, it'll be like spindle top. And I got there and it turns out to be natural gas, we couldn't see anything. <laughs> the Utica shale. Aubrey. But you know, we had to put it somewhere, put it in pipes, send it overseas. Meantime, uh, $2 away from what would be a 52 week low on crude. Gasoline, uh, thanks to Gas Buddy, some states are gonna see $1.99 gas. Ohio, <laughs> Wisconsin might see sub $2 gas. That's incredible, we paid two sixty in Dallas uh, and just kind of felt Wow, something's really on. So here's something that's down big, and you felt like, well, geez, you know, that's good for the consumer. Our Bob sub. Look at that, will you? I mean, and yet there's Occidental doing a deal all the time, doing some deal. All of them are doing deals, David. 
Um, Jim, I want to, you know, we've talked a lot about pharma this morning, whether it be Pfizer or the success of Lilly, J&J. Let's talk Vertex because it's a company you've focused on. I am in shock how great that is. You talked about be. their study of what they're calling a peripheral neuro, neuro, neuropathy treatment uh, phase two trial here. It's a non-opioid uh, drug that uh, treats pain. And the company is saying that in phase two of what they're calling VX548 to treat patients, patients with diabetic peripheral neuropathy, it resulted in a statistically significant and clinically meaningful reduction in the primary endpoint of change from baseline, the weekly average of daily pain intensity. Yes, and therefore I think that the idea that it's up 29, look, if this is, right now it's diabetes related, if they can just say that's just what would, would universal pain, well, I mean, this could be one of the biggest drugs of all time. We could make it so that you don't get, you know, three tablets or 30 tablets of Oxycontin after you've had an operation. Right. You get addicted after six. So this is really fabulous news. Yep. Uh, I am seeing some research. Efficacy, efficacy actually looks as good as Lyrica, although it's a tough trial design. Notice that comparison between the arms, as expected, a lack of dose response, leave a lot of room for interpretation. This is just one research report right. here this morning. Um, more than 50%, though, of responders showed pain reduction. Very clinically useful metric. Looks quite good. So there'll be plenty of time you know, to assess the data, obviously, as it, as it continues to move on in terms of the trial. That's a very interesting comparison that we should mention. I take Lyrica for a nerve plate. And that was a fabulous Pfizer drug that went off patent. And it was like, boom, that was a huge cliff. Uh, the drug's somewhat effective. Unfortunately, it, it's a tremendous weight gain. And this doesn't seem like it has that side effect. Jim, a lot of discussion about uh, OPEX this Friday. Biggest ever, $5 trillion. Uh, the rebalance and the expiration. Is that what's going to sort of get us off of what some argue is a stuck position in equities? I mean, just... I don't know. Yeah. I guess depend, well, a lot depends on the next 12 hours. Yes, it does. But, you know, let, let's see. Give you the power of this, all right? So yesterday, Lindy was rumored, the great industrial gas company we own for, for our travel trust, it was rumored to be, to be added to the NASDAQ 100. Well, I'm, I'm just asking because take two. Uh, yeah. yeah, and there was a switch of Rooney McFaddy. Take two got in. You know, GTA, David, GTA 6? No, this is more important. And take a look at Lynn, L-I-N. Holy cow, on the rumor that it was going to get, and now it's down 15. So my thing is, if you've got something indexed, I mean, Lynn's crushed. Take two is a surprise. Wow. There's a lot of money just waiting to be put to work here. I, I think it could be amazing. You think it could be I think what? indexes are moving. You know, you index something, you put more money in yeah, index. Yeah, no, this is a market that's, I mean, it's all it's ETF and index driven. It is. And, well, and by the CTAs, by the algorithmically traded firms. We talk really, about that. I know. We, we, I mean, we're do you like, think it's we're marginal players here. Do you think People it's who care about the fundamentals of stocks. Well, you know, I, I, I saw Sam Marginal Altman, players. I saw Sam Altman last yeah. night at, at the uh, Time Person of the Year. Yes. Oh, man, are we marginal players. We're, oh, we well, mean compared well, to the machines. Well, because he's talking about these, the, the super brain. Right. Well, what are we, like the sub brain? Yes. I mean, what Elon Musk said, the digital god. We're going to have a digital god. Although what That's did, a false god. What did Peter Gabriel say the other day to the Times that in the future, the beauty is going to be in the imperfection of things? We're going to look for things that aren't exactly right. I'm gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listening to Altman 
you did get the sense, and he's an open AI, yeah. that it, it's not going to be like years from now. Right. Like, you know, like maybe like nine months from now. Things are, they just, the, it, it keeps, you know, <laughs> things keep getting faster. It, uh, I'm trying to think of the term and it's escaping me. That's it's why Skynet. I paused. You think Skynet. But uh, the rate of change is only accelerating right. in now, terms of, of what this can accomplish and what generative AI is going to be able to. GPT-7 is going to be so much more powerful than four. It's not going right. to just be one time. I mean, Jensen Wong, the CEO of NVIDIA, would tell you, look, uh, you could take the 100 smartest people at your company and they wouldn't be equal to one GPT. So is this the end of days here? Is this the end of the of the of our non-digital god life? What I mean on the beach? What are you talking? I about? I don't know. I'm just trying um, to figure it out. I, well, let's just say that. It, that let's what did say, he say during this thing? Did he say anything interesting, Altman, during the interview yesterday with the time thing? Well, I thought it was interesting that we're that we're useless. That we are gonna that the people that there are machines that would do much better than we're doing. They may not be as entertaining or they may be entertaining. I don't know. I mean, I think that when you list sometimes there's entertaining when they go back and forth. Sure. I thought that I thought that Gemini was entertaining when it says like, you know, what is that? Now uh, by the way, NVIDIA up because Secretary Raimondo made it very clear, unlike a previous press story, that they are not going after NVIDIA. Okay. But there have been in, stories in your that, interview with her last night on Mad Money. Yeah, because there was concern that Nvidia is giving China uh, more than it should. And and what did she say? She said, "No, I go over, talk to them all the time, make sure that they didn't do anything that was uh, so-called cutting it, so cutting they're edge." Complying. They're, they're complying. complying to the point where they check it. There are some companies that I think are not complying. We're not really clear. But I know that NVIDIA is complying. I think that's one of the reasons it's going up, because the silver bullet against NVIDIA was that perhaps they're not playing the game, and they are. Uh, Meantime, uh, Google and Affirm partnering up on Buy Now, Pay Later for Google Pay. Even as the journal has this piece about how the App Store economy, Jim, is under threat, B of A today saying Apple might have some headline risk after this uh, San Francisco jury decision. Well, well, I I, I think that we saw Alpha got uh, you know, top pick today from firm, uh, a fir- uh, from firm, not a firm. A firm itself is up 314 uh, percent. Uh, Max Levchin, they did not get the defaults that people thought because they've used what kind of, they use artificial intelligence, which is clearly in this case a better lender than a I human. So. I guess so. I'm bummed out, David. What are you bummed out about, Jim? Well, I mean, What's if we're really, if we're just not as good as the machines, then. How do we justify our existence? That's a, it's a great question. It's a great People said the same thing about email. Oh, we can't deliver a letter as quickly as it can deliver an electronic piece of... That's I mean, a this good, is yeah. a little more existential than email, though, Carl. Well, it's just yeah. when Sam Altman's there and he's just talking about the super brain, you, you don't get... I mean, yes, the super brain, you can talk to it. Maybe it's going to be in your PC. You know, tell me what... Uh, give me what you think David Faber should say, but make it better. Yeah. Well, look at this Microsoft nuclear news. They're not only going to power AI with nuclear, but then use AI to expedite the nuclear approval process. Well, Three Mile Island. I mean, I don't know. Buy I'm uranium. Pro, I'm pro nukes. There you go. Just buy uranium. You'll be good. Well, no, damn. Yeah. Look, I'm, it, a lot of small nuclear power plants. That's what we need. Clean. I, I, I felt after listening to Sam Altman that you make a lot of good points, David, when you talk about how we may not. We're superfluous. 
Well, that makes us sound like they were useless eaters. Stop that. Where is your digital god now, Moses? All right. He always defaults to the Ten Commandments. Ten Why Commandments. not? Why wouldn't I? Because it'll be DeMille. Come on. It was big. He that had, was a big movie. Eric yeah. Robinson had an unbelievable art collection. Did Major he? art collector. Okay. Major. Yeah, right. sophisticated. Uh, uh, until I am replaced by my digital, uh, uh, av- whatever you want to call it, avatar, I'm going to do another. I'm going to do a favor report. They're, they're not going to. They're going to have to pull me out of here. Look at that face. Wow. Don't you want to keep seeing that? That looks better than any machine I've ever what? seen. You look better what? than HP. Don't know what's going on. Update on the sale process of U.S. Steel. Uh, that's what we got for you this morning. Uh, board's going to meet today. U.S. Steel's board is going to meet today. And they are going to go over what I am told uh, by people familiar with the process is a number of bids that are in excess of $40 a share. Now, I'll give you a little more granularity to the extent I have it, but some of it is fact and some of it is in the more the realm of I'm not completely certain. So let's call it speculation. What I am certain of is board's meeting today, multiple bids are in excess of 40 bucks a share. Uh, doesn't mean we're going to get an announcement tomorrow, by the way, from what I'm hearing because there still could be some back and forth here, uh, you know, as they, as they make their decision ostensibly about what represents the best bid for the company, as you see the stock's moving up a little bit on that. Uh, we know uh, there are any number of bidding groups. I've been through them uh, prior. Let me give you a little bit of insight on at least two of them. Um, Cleveland Cliffs, certainly above 40 from what I understand. Also, Cleveland Cliffs, remember when they made their original bid and kind of put this company into play in a sense when they back in August uh, it was 35 bucks it was 1750 uh, in cash the rest in stock uh, composition of said bid I believe is similar though maybe weighted a bit more towards more cash again I'm not certain on price uh, into the 40s certainly has to be uh, thought of as, as a strong possibility uh, and then also including things that are going to mitigate the risk of antitrust review for U.S. Steel shareholder base. Does that include a reverse termination fee? Most likely it does. Is there going to be some sort of potential divestiture package? I can't say with any certainty, but again, one would have to expect that that might be a part of Cleveland Cliff's bid. In other words, desiring to try to basically do whatever it can to take out the antitrust risk for U.S. Steel shareholders and therefore appeal to the board in a positive fashion on that front. Um, as for Arcelor, Mittal, uh, don't know again there. What I have heard is they had financing that would have allowed them to go up to as high as 45 bucks a share in all cash. That's in the realm of speculation. I don't know it to be a fact, and it doesn't mean that they made said a $45 a share all cash bid. But my understanding is they had the ability to and potentially do so. But again, don't have that. Uh, I'm putting it out there because I think it may very well be the case, but. Not one one of the things I would call facts. So it Jim, would be so great close. for cliffs. Uh, oh. You know, uh, I'm going back here, just trying to look at some of my notes. Forty percent of flat rolled steel and six percent of auto grade steel. If the two combined, Cleveland Cliffs and U.S. Steel, that would be in the U.S. But they would just make the top ten worldwide U.S. steel producers. It'd be number ten combined. And so they're going to argue this is not a domestic market. This is a global market. And when it comes to global, we would just be number 10 player, even if we got together for U.S. Steel. What is clear is this is an asset that has attracted a great deal of interest, as we've said throughout the process. The process is coming towards a conclusion, and it does appear that they have significant bids uh, from multiple parties above 40 bucks a share. Again, said composition of those bids 
you know, uh, 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 Arcelor thought to be all cash. Cliff's certainly not necessarily all cash, uh, uh, both cash and stock. And some of the others, frankly, not really sure. Wow. I mean, they would own a lot of the auto market. Jeez, together? Yeah. And it, it's, boy, it, Cleveland Cliffs is such a great acquirer. When they do it, they really get rid of everything that doesn't work. And the stock is worth, a, a, you know, I, I don't know where, how much it will be Cliff's stock. But that's a, th- those guys are fabulous in what they do. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows that they're a tremendous operator. That'd be a great deal for them, David. Great yeah. deal. So we'll see. I, uh, we're, even, look, I think again, FTC. Not sure we're going to get the news tomorrow, but, uh, but it's got to be coming soon. Well, FTC might say, listen, there's too, they have too much hot-rolled steel together for the, for the auto. I mean, the right. new core's in there with high-end. Yes. And then Cliffs is the number one steel producer for the autos. If you put them together with U.S. Steel, they will own a huge amount of the auto market. So I could see some regulator not liking it, but I could see some shareholder love in it. But do you see it as a global market, or is it fairly set a domestic market? I mean, there are certain well, we restrictions. Have and, yeah. We have tariffs. It makes it so that it's, uh, it, you can't really import cheaper. Uh, look, I, I think that I like Cleveland Cliffs very much. They've done a remarkable job integrating a lot of steel. They'd already, cr- uh, already reached some sort of a um, uh, agreement with the union, right, of U.S. Steel ahead oh, yeah. of time. They, they're, they're good to go. Nucor don't, doesn't want it. Nucor runs a different kind of mill. Uh, but I think this is really worth wa- watching, David, because it would be a colossus, even though we say top ten. But the other ones, we don't subsidize our steel like so many other countries. Right. Like the Chinese steel. Right. I mean, what don't they subsidize? Uh, Richemont watches. They're involved in a lot. Hermes. Meantime, Dow getting dragged by J&J. VIX almost uh, with an 11 handle. Oh. Keep an eye on that. Quick reminder, you can get on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or just point your phone at the QR code and it takes you straight there. As we go to break, uh, we'll watch bonds closely today. Ten-year was around 418. Ahead of the decision and the presser this afternoon, uh, we'll see if that holds. Of course, the disinflationary effects from PPI and energy and even rent today, Redfin, November rent's biggest drop in three years. We'll keep an eye on that in a minute. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Eisen and good morning. I'm here at the Treasury Department today in Washington, D.C., where in just a few moments I will be bringing you an exclusive interview with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Secretary Yellen's already made some news this week saying she thinks that last mile push down to 2% inflation should be smooth. Move the markets. We'll dig into that call as well as her outlook for 2024 in the next hour of Squawk on the Street. We'll be right back. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. There was a note this morning that I really like, which is a, a, a price target boost for Union Pacific by City. Now, they talk about how they, they like all the rails. They kind of just said, look, this is the group to play for a turn. Uh, and, you know, I, one of the things I like is that Jim Vanna, who's the new CEO, he came in, he bought a million dollars worth of stock. Yeah, I, I have been looking at, at companies where there's a lot of insider buying. There was a tremendous insider buy, for instance, of Broadcom when it had a so-called shortfall in August. Uh, no shortfall here in Union Pacific, but this, to me, you had insider buying, you had a very good uh, situation where if rails take off, this is gonna be the one that's a coiled spring. I like this call, I think the stock goes hard. Interesting, yeah, the ratio of buying to selling hasn't been so hot lately. No, no that's true, but I think Venn is doing a terrific job, and I think people felt that the company's very undermanaged previously. Uh, I happen to have liked previous management as people, but I think that there's some good things happening in Union Pacific. 
What's up tonight? Okay, I have Prologisome, which people may not know is it's the number one warehouse, number one logistics company for it, and also the biggest builder of data centers. I want to find out what's going on with Oracle. Whether they, you remember Oracle's trying to build 100 data centers. How much does it cost to build a data center? But this man controls uh, commerce. This is where Amazon. So they get brought in to build the data centers? Yeah, they do or everything. They, they do own everything. the real Whatever estate. Which is it? But, Whatever you want. They'll right. sell it to you. But this is, this is who Amazon uses uh, to move things around. FedEx. You need them. You know, you need warehouse. You need storage. You need processing. You need logistics. Well, especially it's if you everything get your, you order something, it shows up at your door almost the moment well, you Well, that's, look, remember, they, one day, of course, because of AI, they will know well ahead that you need Tide. David, you're out of Tide, the machine told me. That's, that will happen. Just have it implanted in your head one day. That will happen. It's going to connect. Neuralink no. and something. I, I didn't get to tell you about like when Andy, Andy Chassis, when I found, he knows I like Jack Reacher, so they yes. like, pu- push the book, yes. and then the movie comes, they push the movie. I was like, that, they did this. They did this because I had a pattern of buying Jack Reacher because it's a Jack Reacher book. New one out. Boom. I get it. it, it it's, it's incredible. David, it's so much smarter than you. I, I don't know what to say. I don't take offense. It's not great looking like you. Oh, thank you, Jim. All right, there you go. Well, they're welcome back, too. It's a nice way to end. I appreciate that. <laughs> Jim, we'll see you at 6. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. When we come back, Sarah sits down with uh, Secretary Yellen with a pretty tight range pre-fed. Dow's up four. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.